What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Primal Athletics Radio. Just me and Coach Zach today, and we'll be tackling questions about nutrition, specifically one in general that's been coming up uh, a lot recently, and that is undereating. So we typically, when we talk about nutrition and we talk about nutrition coaching, diets, that type of stuff, a lot of times we find ourselves talking about cutting calories or decreasing our food intake. Today, we wanted to touch on specifically for, for athletes like us, people who have a high workload. And also we can kind of apply this to everybody, but under eating or under fueling, you know, and, and how that looks, what some symptoms are, maybe some telltales and how we could, how we could try to remedy those issues too. So, um, and some of you out there might, might not even know this is, you know, a cause of, of some things that you're going through. Maybe you're having a really hard time shedding that first 10 pounds and you just keep cutting back those calories and hoping something good happens. But there are instances where we're just not getting enough. So we'll, we'll touch on that. But before we even jump in, there is one thing that I wanted to kind of settle the score on. Mm -hmm. So last episode, we talked about summertime nutrition and a, a little bit about alcohol intake. And one question I have for Coach Zach was whether the whole idea about soaking up alcohol with carbs, right? When people are a little, little loosey-goosey, had a couple drinks before they go to bed, they're like, oh, I should probably eat some bread or I should probably have some pasta so that, you know, all this alcohol gets soaked up and I'm not hungover. And I asked if that was legit or if that was just kind of, you know, if that was bro science. And Zach said, I'm going to look into it. So we have... I think we have the answer and I'm going to pitch it over to him and, and uh, see if we can get some, some ideas about that whole concept. Yeah. When you asked the question, I said that from personal experience, I don't think that's the case. I didn't have any uh, scientific backing to that, but I looked it up a little bit and I did uh, looked into kind of absorption of alcohol and, and, and foods and try to get a, a better answer than that. And so the myth is that like Tyler said, when, when alcohol is absorbed through the stomach lining, if you have a stomach full of fatty food or, or really heavy food, carbohydrate heavy, like breads or pastas, then when you start drinking, the alcohol will be absorbed in your bloodstream more slowly. I think that was kind of the, the myth you were alluding to. But the fact is when you have been, been drinking for a long time and then you're trying to sober up by eating a lot of food, that alcohol that you are drinking is absorbed into that bloodstream in about 10 minutes or less. So once the alcohol is already in your blood, it's way too late for that food to have any effect. So I think that myth of you've been drinking, been drinking for a while. I need to sober up a little bit. I'm going to eat a bunch of food. So I'm not hung over the next day that blood that, or excuse me, that alcohol is already in your bloodstream. It's already, it's done its damage. And that excess food you're eating is only going to do more damage and make you feel uh, even worse the next day. So I think we can put that myth to bed that, that eating up foods, eating fatty or carbohydrate have rich foods to sober up will not work. I also have, this is kind of an offshoot, but to my understanding, like when you have alcohol in your stomach, that's kind of like, since it's, you know, technically poison to the body, that's kind of like priority over, the, over even if there's food in there, from, like from say you ate before you started drinking, then you start drinking, the body is going to prioritize processing the alcohol out first, not breaking down the food. Right. So that's kind of like, it wants it out of there as quick as possible. Yeah. So it's always kind of taking precedent over whatever else is in the stomach, no matter what you put in there. Yeah. And the fact that alcohol is obviously a, a liquid, it's going to permeate a little quicker too than some, some heavy food that's sitting inside your stomach that takes a little longer to break down. So gotcha. it's, uh, the only way to, to reduce that hangover is uh, reduce the drinking. 
And hydrate, baby. And hydrate. One to one ratio. All, All right. So well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Going into what Tyler said, he he hit the nail on the head talking about today's topic. Uh, I'm going to give you guys three signs that you're eating a little bit too little, which uh, might be surprising to hear for a lot of you. This comes up, like Tyler said, a lot of the topics we come up with for this podcast are really just conversations we've had with our members over the course of the last few days, weeks, or, or months or so, even years. So this is something that, this is a conversation I have quite often, and it's been something that's been coming up more and more often with some of the people that I work with in one-on-one nutrition. So I, I kind of wanted to tackle this, and I think it's an important one to to talk about because even I kind of forgot about that this was this has been drilled into us since a young age, that calories in versus calories out and eat very little and you'll lose weight. And, and while calories in versus calories out is true, it's a very simplified way to explain weight loss. So we'll dig into that a little more. But again, this just kind of just came up from this. A lot of things we're hearing lately, specifically, I had one person recently come into office and tell me about her weight loss journey that has really resulted in lackluster results. So during this conversation, I learned this person has been battling their weight starting in their late teens and early 20s. And she had tried any and all diets, including all the fad diets out there, restrictive eating, calorie counting, macro counting, shakes, anything else you can think of. And I'm sure people who are listening to this can, can relate to the story as well. And over the years, this person's weight had shown some yo-yoing back and forth, lost five pounds, gained seven, lost eight pounds, gained 10, but ultimately really insignificant weight loss. So after explaining this to me, she finally took a deep breath and, and, and said that, I feel terrible, but I'm eating less and less and I th- I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing all the things I've been told to do, but I'm still not losing weight. So what am I missing and what am I doing wrong? And that made me realize that so many people still and it to no fault of their own. It's been, it's what we've been taught and what society has been telling us think that they need to s- starve themselves to lose weight. And really that's just not the case at all. So hopefully we can kind of dispel some of those ru- rumors today as well. And this frustration in a weight loss journey is not foreign to me in my own personal experiences, but also with dealing with others as well. And in fact, this happens all the time. So if you're listening to this and you're relating to it, don't be ashamed of it. Again, it's not your fault by any means. This, this is very, very common. The diet culture in our society tells us to eat less and then we're going to, going to automatically lose weight. It oftentimes promotes dieting and dieting plans that service less than a thousand calories a day, which is just absurd. We don't need to be starving ourselves like that. So today we want to walk you through some of those signs that you may not be eating enough. And more importantly, the reason why eating less is not always that best path to reaching your goals. So first, before we get into some of the, like the telltale signs of that, you're eating too little, I want to start by explaining some of the few basics when it comes to our metabolism or our energy balance to help you understand why so many people struggle to lose weight and keep it off when you're just kind of starving yourself or eating less. So first off, you've probably heard of that saying calories in versus calories out. I just mentioned a few minutes ago. And while this is true, if you ultimately scientifically, if you want to lose weight, you have to eat less than your, or excuse me, burn off more than you're, you're eating. This is a very general rule and one that's very simplified. The rule that if we take in more energy in the form of calories and then we expend, we'll gain weight. The opposite is true. If we take in less calories and we expend, we will lose weight. So with knowing this, you may be wondering why, if this is a rule, then why did this, did you or the person I just talked about struggle with seeing results? It turns out that this is, there's so many more factors than just simply calories in versus calories out. And again, this is just such a simplified way to explain energy balance and weight loss. So we'll start by talking about some of the factors that may alter that energy intake first, and then we'll talk about energy output afterwards. So energy intake, the first factor is your appetite. 
as obvious as it may seem, your appetite is affected by your hormones. You have two main hormones we'll be discussing today, which are called leptin and ghrelin. So leptin is a hormone that is produced by our fat tissues that signals to our brains that we are feeling full. So when we're full, leptin's working in overdrive and telling us that we're full. On the other hand, ghrelin, which is called our hunger hormone, is released in the stomach to tell us when we're hungry. Uh, So when we have those hunger pangs, that's ghrelin going to work there. This is important because when we drastically decrease our caloric intake, it affects our body's hormones. Ghrelin will shoot up, which makes us feel hungry all the time. Think about the last time you were super hungry. You Maybe you went all day, you worked a really long shift, you didn't get to eat anything. Maybe you went to work out afterwards and you were on an empty stomach and you were just starving. You could eat anything in sight. How hard was it to stick to healthy eating when you felt that way? When you're super, super hungry, staying away from fast foods on the way home or treats or snacks or anything that's in the cabinet is very hard to do. So when we're eating really little, it affects our body's hormones, specifically that ghrelin. So that's going to go up. And even though we're, we're eating less and we think we're going to start losing weight, we may be making poorer choices when we do go to eat. So hormones play a huge role in influencing intake. There are many other factors, including your environment. For example, there's been studies that show that people consume more food when eating with friends and family than simply eating alone. In addition to that, palatability, uh, the reward of the foods that we're eating, as well as our mindset can can drastically increase that intake of food. When it comes to factors that input or influence our energy output, first you have your BMR or your basal metabolic rate. And this is the estimated amount of calories your body needs when at rest to continue the basic needs of living. So just your basic caloric intake you need every day to stay alive uh, in a simple sense. But we also need to take into account the physical activity levels, which include our our day-to-day movements, such as going to the grocery store, chasing our kids around, uh, vacuuming the house. Maybe you have a really busy job where you're you're doing manual labor all day, uh, as opposed to someone who's sitting at a desk for 10 hours a day. These all play a huge factor in in your intake needs, as well as the physical, physical activity, like doing your workout, uh, going for a run, stuff like that. So lastly, we take into account the thermic effect of food or how much energy our body needs to break down or metabolize the foods that we consume. So those all factor into our energy output. So you can see that it's not just as simple as calories in versus calories out. There are a lot of things affecting our intake and a lot of things affecting our output as well. So next, I want to kind of dive into those three reasons or, or three signs that you're under eating. If you fall into any one of these three signs, it may be time for you to kind of take a look at how much you're eating uh, and how we can make some, some better decisions from there. And then we'll talk about why it may not be, why calories in versus calories out simply might not be the best answer for you. So the first reason or the first sign that you could be constantly under eating is that you're constantly hungry. You start eating less and now all you think about is the next time you get to eat. And I, I'm sure we've all been there before. We want to count down, cut down on the calories we're taking in, but then that just makes us more and more hungry all the time. And now we know too that uh, that's because that ghrelin is going up. This circles us back to those hormones we briefly discussed. When you eat less, your body signals for an increased release of ghrelin, making you feel super hungry. When we feel super hungry, it can lead to increased portions, more frequent sneaky handfuls of pantry snacks, and over-consuming sweets that we finally succumb to during those cravings. So while we're, we think we're doing the right thing by cutting back on calories, in the end, we end up kind of subconsciously eating more and more and more and making poorer choices there as well. We should be eating an amount where we aren't feeling hungry. At the same time, when we're eating meals, we don't want to be stuffing ourselves to the rafters and feeling sick. While decreasing calories may sound like the end result is always feeling hungry, choosing more whole foods 
and more whole food options, which provide more volume to your meals and balancing out your meals and snacks is a great way to combat that. So if you've ever worked with me in a nutrition challenge or in one-on-one coaching, one of the first things, or one of the main things we focus on is half a plate of uh, non-starchy vegetables for lunch and dinner. This is a great way for us to one, get in vital nutrients and minerals from, from vegetables, but we're filling up. And I usually tell people to eat those vegetables first. The, that should be the first thing you eat on your plate because we're filling up with high volume foods, nutrient foods, whole foods, and we're less prone to snack on maybe the crappier stuff a little later on. And I know I, I've done this tactic with Tyler before, and he saw amazing results uh, with it just before the open of eating better foods. Maybe he can speak on that from a personal experience as well, but this is going to help us feel fuller longer because we can eat a lot of vegetables and, and, and not overeat or excuse me, not, not over consume calories by eating a lot of vegetables, but it's going to help us feel really full. And we don't have to feel guilty about those either. Um, how did you feel Tyler when you first started eating those half plate of vegetables for lunch and dinner? Yeah, I think so. Like when I went into the, the nutrition challenge that we ran, that was kind of my biggest focus was just to eat more vegetables. Cause I, I wanted a simple goal that I could hit, you know, and, and, uh, I was thinking, you know, this will be, this will be good because it'll make me healthier. Right. I'm going to eat more vegetables. We all know vegetables are good for us. And what ended up happening was way more of a drastic change than I had anticipated. Like my, my scans, we did uh, in body biometric scans before the six weeks and after the six weeks, um, I had lost like 12 or 15 pounds and went down like 4% body fat, which was crazy. And even on top of that, the, the bigger change was that my performance had gotten better. Like this was going right into the open and I retained all the strength I had built throughout the year. And my engine was like the best it had ever been. I felt like I couldn't get tired. And I think your muscle mass went up too, right? Muscle mass went up a little bit too. Yeah. And I think a big part of, uh, why there was success with that was, you know, it, it gives some, it shines some light on what you're saying of in terms of like, I'm, I'm filling a lot of space, giving myself nutrients, taking up that, you know, I guess getting rid of some of that extra hunger that I would have without having to make poor nutrition choices to do it, you know, and, and feeling like I'm fueling myself and, and actually giving myself enough uh, density of nutrients to recover and to perform without, you know, eating a ton of, starch or, or bread or, you know, super high fat or any of that, that simple change it's in itself, just eating more vegetables, doing that plate method a couple times a day. Like it seems really simple and it seems like, yeah, what is that going to do? But try it. Like, that's my only advice. Just try it and see what happens. And mm. for me, it was like, I, w- I was pretty, you know, astounded with the results. Yeah. And think about if you're, you fall into this category where you've been cutting back calories and trying to eat less, maybe you're eating the 1200 calorie diet a day and maybe you skip breakfast or you had a really light breakfast or really late lunch and you go to the gym in the afternoon and, and 99% of people listening to this are CrossFitters. You know how hungry you get after a CrossFit workout, especially after a longer aerobic capacity workout, you've burnt a lot of calories off. So now you you've gotten to the point where you've under eaten all day. You've just worked out. Your body is just calling for that food your, your ghrelins increase through under eating. You're hungry because you just worked out. You stop at the gas station on the way home you justify grabbing yourself a bag of gummy bears in a protein bar and a sports drink and you eat, eat and drink all that on the way home. And before you've even gotten home, now you've consumed upwards of anywhere from, I don't know, five to 700 calories of pretty empty calories, a lot of, a lot of sugar there. And then you get home and then you make yourself some dinner and you eat another 
800 calories. And then afterwards, you're maybe still a little hungry. So you have some dessert after that. So you've starved yourself all day. And then you get to the point where within after your workout, within the two to three hour window, you've taken in 2000 plus calories um, of not really high quality calories either. So while we think we're doing one, one good thing by cutting back on calories for eight hours out of the day, now we've just force fed ourselves and we probably don't feel too good after that afterwards as well. So spacing those meals out over the course of the day, eating regularly, eating quality foods where we're not spiking our insulin levels with high sugar foods or high glycemic carbohydrate foods, having that half a plate of vegetables, feeling satisfied all day, never really going into one side of the spectrum or the other, never feeling starving, never feeling sick because you're too full is really going to go such a longer way for us physically, mentally, uh, and all around there. So definitely if you're, if you fall into that category, try that plate method. It's the easiest thing to do. Go, go find, or the easiest way to approach it. I should say, go find some vegetables you love. I don't care if they're frozen. I don't care if they're fresh have them on hand. Even if they're canned, that's fine. It's better than nothing. Start with lunch and dinner, half a plate of non-starchy vegetables. So think green things. Um, you can bake them, you can boil them, you can steam them, however you like to eat them, try to cover them in cheeses or, or sauces or stuff like that. But start there. You're going to feel up, fill up. You're going to feel fuller longer and you're going to feel better overall. So number one sign that you're constantly under eating is if you're constantly hungry. And that brings me to your number two sign. You feel moody uh, and you feel moody often. So you know what comes with being hungry all the time is that that feeling of being hangry, right? So look, looking into some some research to back this statement, in January 2018, the, world ha- the word hangry was officially added to the Oxford English Dictionary, which I thought was pretty fun- funny. So a lot of people f- have this feeling of being hangry. So it's, the Oxford Dictionary defines it as bad-tempered or irritable as a result of hunger. And I think we can all relate to that at some point. So you started to eat significantly less. Your body is protesting by increasing the production of ghrelin saying, hey, we need to eat more. Now you may or may not be starting unnecessary fights with friends or family or may feel a bit more irritable in general. This mood shift is a classic sign that you you aren't eating the right amount of food to reach your goals. And I, I think that's a really important piece to kind of repeat there is that you start to eat significantly less and your body is protesting by increasing the production of ghrelin. Your, your body wants to eat food, but it wants to eat quality food and it doesn't want to eat crappy food. And when you eat crappy food, it responds crappy. It's going to make you moody. It's going to make you upset. Uh, it's going to make you feel poor. Your performance is going to go down. Your energy is going to go down. Your sleep is going to be reduced. So your body wants you to eat more food, but it wants you to eat quality food. I have this, uh, this is a personal anecdote, but maybe this can um, shine some light on on my own personal experience with with this similar situation. So, for any anybody out there who wrestled ever in their life, you know, as a sport, you know that there's weight classes, right? And for for most competitive wrestlers, it's it's common to cut weight to make a weight class. So for for me, when I was in high school, I didn't cut a ton of weight because I was a football player and I wanted to retain a lot of muscle mass but I did cut some body weight in order to wrestle at the weight class that I and my coaches thought was best for me. So anyway, where I'm going with this is a lot of times what we would do is just stop eating as much, right? This is kind of tying into this whole idea. We would just, you know, not have dinner after practice, which was a ridiculous idea, but, um, you know, wrestling super high intensity, one of the, to me, one of the toughest things you can do physically. Um, and then you do that on reduced calories and it's, not always a good thing. And for a lot of the season, you know, I would really be tight with making weight. Um, you know, it'd be a struggle 
it'd be a struggle to keep that scale where it needed to be because my body naturally wanted to be a little heavier. They had this thing called a two pound allowance though, when it came to uh, Christmas time, right? This is a winter sport. <clears throat> so around the holidays, they would give a two pound allowance. So if I was a 160 pound wrestler, now I could weigh in at 162, um, which, you know, thanks a lot, Santa Claus, get a two pound allowance. <laughs> so you can, you can kind of enjoy your holiday a little bit. And, you know, it's just something that the wrestling community does. Anywho, as I would have my two pound allowance and I would eat a little more and I would actually fuel my body and recover from my practices, my, my matches, all that. I had less trouble making weight at 160 or wherever you are with the two pound allowance. I was fueling myself more and I wasn't, it, it was like, it was like, didn't make any sense to me. I was like, I'm eating so much more and now it's, now it's easier to make weight. But when I wasn't eating, you know, I was like, I was, I was skipping dinner. I was do, quote unquote doing all the right things and, and, you know, keeping my calories really low so I could make this weight, but then started adding in that good food. And it's like, just happened easier. So that was my personal anecdote on this in terms of uh, being under fueled and, you know, you wrestlers out there, maybe take note because you can't just not eat. That's not the way to do it. No, that's, that's such a brutal sport. And any weight cutting in general is just so brutal on our hormones. And that's probably why you were seeing those, that it was a little easier when you were eating properly because your body is like, Hey, this is what we want. We're, we're able to metabolize this and, and use it for all of our systems that need it instead of trying to store the little amount of food we need to just keep ourselves alive. Like now we can go into full recovery mode and, and, and burn off more. Um, so that's, that's interesting. I'm glad you, you saw that. They're glad you're able to share that you saw some better results from eating more as well. Our last one kind of alluded to it just briefly here. Our last reason or our last sign is going to be stress and sleep issues. So let's start with sleep. You have likely heard a lot about how sleep deprivation has found to lead has been found to lead to insulin resistance and weight gain. But it's interesting to know that under eating while following strict dietary patterns can also interrupt the quality of sleep. One small study followed 10 young women dieting for four weeks, and they found these study participants had difficulty falling asleep and less overall deep sleep from dieting for four weeks. Another study found that the starvation level calorie restriction led to a reduction in slow wave sleep or that deep sleep that we just mentioned there. So this can definitely alter our stress as well. If sleep goes down, stress is pretty much going to go right up with it. A large study of more than 2,500 Australian teens found that extreme dieting, so extreme caloric deficit, was not only associated with decreased quality sleep, but also high levels of depression and anxiety, which will alter another important hormone in our health and wellness journey as well, which is going to be cortisol. So let's talk a little bit about cortisol here. This is often called the stress hormone because it is released in response to stress. So pretty appropriate name. Most of us have heard a lot about cortisol when it comes to inhibiting weight loss goals. If you're constantly limiting your intake, which leads to increased stress and lack of sleep, your body's cortisol is very likely to be elevated. Elevated cortisol levels will not only alter our metabolism, but will also cause water retention, which may mask any fat loss that is occurring. So even if you are losing some body fat there, the water weight's going up and you might not see it directly on the scale. If you have or are ever experiencing mood shifts, those constant feelings of being hungry or the sleep and stress issues we just talked about, that's very telltale signs you're eating too little. But let's, let's talk about briefly why it's not always the answer. So what happens when we undereat in your body it doesn't get the energy it needs? Well, initially, the body will use fat stores for energy, and that is how people begin to lose weight. But over time, the body will adjust to this chronic calorie deficit or undereating, and metabolism will slow down. So the body isn't burning energy as efficiently. 
And then weight loss eventually stops because the metabolism has slowed down so much. When that happens, it becomes extremely hard to maintain your weight, eating anything more than a set number of calories your body's adjusted to. Additionally, it also becomes very, very difficult to lose weight despite hard efforts at eating clean and exercising regularly. So after hearing this, you may feel like losing weight is a hopeless cause, but that is so far from the truth. I encourage you to try thinking about it this way. Rather than focusing on the result of weight loss, focus on the journey of building those healthy habits. Rather than focusing on eating less calories, focusing on eating more whole food options that provide less calories than those processed foods. So think about, again, going back to those vegetables. You can eat a very high quality of those and not have to worry too much about that carbohydrate or fat intake or, or high caloric intake as well. Yes, processed foods are way more convenient, but those whole foods provide way more vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, volume, you name it. Rather than getting sucked into fad diets and the seemingly endless cycle of under eating, go ahead and find a professional who, who can help you be the guide and help you pl- build a plan and keep you accountable, reaching for your goals. And we'd love to work with you. I don't mean to turn this podcast episode into one big sales pitch by any means, but we we're here. We're, we're happy to help and we want to help you. So in the show notes on this, I will put some information on our one-on-one coaching and how we can help you build those habits. Uh, I'll give you a link to sign up for a, a talk with us. If you want a free chat, a free intro, if you want to chat with us, and even if you aren't local, we can do it hundred percent remote as well. So if any of these things resonated with you today, please take a second look at what you're eating and how much you are being, how much of it you are eating. And please reach out to us if you need any help. And we're here to help. We want to see you reach your goals as well. As always, guys, please comment, send us messages. This was this topic and a lot of our topics is born out of conversations we have either with members in the gym or people commenting on stuff. So just keep throwing ideas at us. We love to we love to address things that you guys want to know about and you guys want to hear. And it's fun for us to to dive into those things. So keep on uh, sharing those ideas with us and we'll do our best to give you information that's helpful to get you closer to your goals. And, and, uh, as always, thank you for spending your time with prime athletics. We'll see you next time.